Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome back to the Table Talk for Moms podcast. I'm Lauren and I'm going to be your host today. I'm so excited about today's episode because we are bringing on a very, very special guest. We are talking today with Dr. Nicole Sparks. She's a board certified OBGYN and she currently practices in Georgia. She's so passionate about empowering women and we're just so excited to be talking with her today. We are talking about all things postpartum care and self-care and I'm so excited to have her. I recently had a baby and this could not be the more, there could not be a more perfect person to bring on the podcast today. So welcome, Dr. Sparks. We're so excited that you're here with us today. Thank you, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. Um, My youngest is one, so this also applies to me, everything that we're talking about today. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Perfect. It's still fresh, still fresh on our minds then. I feel like after a couple months or a couple years, I feel like you kind of forget about, you know, that postpartum. Right. Then when you're thrown back into it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is really hard. (laughs) Well, do you want to just talk a little bit to us about your background and kind of what got you started on this path? And then we can kind of jump into our topic today. Of course. Well, I never intended to become an OBGYN. Um, I was thought I'd become a pediatrician. And then when I actually did my rotation in medical school, I really loved that I could follow women throughout their entire course of their lives. So through puberty, through pregnancy, through menopause, I just loved the continuity of care. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is for me. And so, you know, minus the call shifts and babies being delivered in the middle of the night, I'm still very happy with the <laughs> profession that I chose. And, um, I just love, I, you know, I tell people that women come to me at the most vulnerable parts of their lives and they trust me with so much and I don't take that lightly. So I just mm-hmm. really love what I do. I love that I get to deliver these, you know, beautiful babies that I get to be there during one of the most important parts of a mother's life. And so um makes me very happy. So I'm I'm glad I got into it. But definitely didn't intend to, but I'm I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is amazing. I think oh just that like being able to be in the room for the right. babies being born. I mean it's just like the most magical moment of all time. So I just, oh, how fun. And I am, I was one of those patients in the middle of the night that was like, uh, <laughs> I think my baby's coming. <laughs> so bless your heart because, oh, I can't even imagine. Oh, that's so I'm fun. used to thriving off of naps. It's, it's great. Yeah. It filters into my life too. So I just thrive off of naps and, you know, uh, it's, it's okay. It works out. <laughs> 
That's perfect. Sounds like you probably relate well to all of your pregnant patients. Right. That's kind of how you survive during those months. But, oh, well, I'm excited today because I think we're going to focus mostly on postpartum care. Um, We talk a ton about self-care on this podcast because I feel – we feel as moms that it's so important, but it's so hard to – to prioritize yourself in that way. And I think it's 10 times harder in that postpartum stage of life because not only are you taking care of your whole family, but you're also healing from, you know, having a baby. And it's really right. hard no matter right. which way you have the baby right. and you have right. this new, yeah, this new little human who's screaming and hungry all the time and it's exhausting. <laughs> Very, it's a lot, but we're excited. I'm excited to hear kind of what you want to say. Um, when I was first, when we were first kind of setting this up, I just I was laughing because I had a baby about four months ago, and you were talking about self care and postpartum, and I was just like reading the emails, you know, and feeding a baby, like haven't showered, and I'm just like, this is perfect for me. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably start prioritizing this. I'm exhausted, you know, and so. My my biggest question always is, how is it even possible to find time to take care of yourself during postpartum? What do you tell what do you tell these new moms when you tell them that they need to prioritize themselves? Like right. when when do we find that time? How are we supposed to find that? Right. Because it doesn't just come out of anywhere. And I no. think it's I think it's so easy to say, and I will say that after I actually had children, it was so much um, easier for me to actually relate to my patients because it's easy to be like, oh, just find time, prioritize it. But when you're in the trenches, you know, and even with mm-hmm. my third baby, I was like, this is my third one. I've got this. And, you know, I didn't have it. <laughs> you know, it was very hard. Um, I still was no sleep, like you said, hadn't showered, stressed out, you know, struggling with breastfeeding. Um, and it's just really mm-hmm. easy to lose yourself during the postpartum period, you know. After having children, I thought, you know, I got this and I lost a little bit more of myself each time. And I had to really try to, you know, get myself back. So mm-hmm. when people call, they like ask about the baby. When they stop by, they want to see the baby. When they bring gifts, they're bringing gifts for the baby, you know, but it's like, who's mm-hmm. taking care of mom? Like, who's who's taking care of you? Um, the first thing I tell my patients is to like have a plan in place. And so you know, I feel like we build a nursery and um, we do all these things for baby, but we don't set a plan in place for ourselves. Like, you know, mm-hmm. who are you going to call to help with laundry? Who's going to help with groceries? Who's going to take the baby so you can get a nap? Who's going to take the baby so you can have a shower? Like I tell people, you have to have people in place before you even deliver. Don't wait until you're delivering, mm-hmm. you're in the trenches and you're trying to frantically call for help, like during, especially during the third trimester, try to plan for Mm -hmm. these things. Um, Because the laundry is always going to be there, the dishes are always going to be there, but you really have to take care of yourself first, you know, have someone come over so you can take a nap, like a nap did wonders Mm -hmm. for me when I especially those first two months when you're nursing, it seems like 24 seven, you know, especially when your baby's like cluster feeding. Um, there's so many like physical changes that are happening, hormonal, social, psychological, you, you have to take care of all of those areas. And it's so hard when your body is physically trying to recover, you know, from either a vaginal delivery or C-section and, um, your hormones are all over the place, you know? 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I tell people we have so many visits for like the first, the second and the third trimester, but the fourth trimester is just as important and we can't neglect it, right? We can't neglect it. I see my patients almost weekly by the time they get to the end of their third trimester and it's not the same for the fourth trimester. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes they end up feeling you know, alone. And remember, you're also healing during this time. So like you said before, it doesn't matter how you had the baby. So whether you had vaginal delivery, whether you had a cesarean delivery, you have to recover from this. I personally had three cesareans. And so the recovery got a little bit worse for me, you know, each time Um, you're dealing with bleeding, Mm -hmm. maybe you're caring for incision, you've got some tears, you've got swelling. And so you really have to remember all of that. You don't have to be like a superhuman, you know, don't overdo Mm -hmm. it. And a tip I often give to my postpartum patients. um, So for our practice, we love using TN Dickinson's um, witch hazel. And so I tell my patients they can make like a padsicle. So what do you do? You take a pad. I'm sure people have heard of this. You put it in the freezer and you will actually dilute the TN Dickinson's witch hazel, and it'll give you just some cooling relief postpartum, especially if you had like a bad tear. Um, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you want, especially if you've had multiple babies, but sometimes if you have, that is really great just to soothe that area. Um, you know, I tell people if you've had a C-section, a abdominal binder is great. I remember every time I coughed or I sneezed or anything mm-hmm. like that, it just was the worst. And so remember, you have to physically heal, you have to emotionally heal, and you really have to have people in place. You have to have people in place so that you do not feel overwhelmed or feel like you have to do it all after you have your baby. Totally. And it's so crazy how having those small things, I didn't do like the patsicle, any of those things until this, my third baby. Ah. And just like the difference of feeling a tiny bit prepared. Like it's like a mini spa day knowing like, oh, I could have this little ice pack or like, you know, just like having small things prepared for yourself because you're totally right. It's like for nine months, you're prepping the nursery, you're buying the diapers, you're getting the baby clothes, you're setting, you know, especially if you have other kids, you're kind of making arrangements for everyone else. And so I feel like finally by this third baby, I was like, wait, <laughs> this is also really difficult for me. And so it was easier to kind of come up with some of those things. But I think it's something that we totally disregard or forget about. Um, right. And you're right. I didn't even think about about the appointments going every week to not going again for, I mean, six or eight weeks or however long it is. Right. It does feel lonely because you have someone right constantly checking in and taking care of you and then all of a sudden it's like okay you had your baby now you're on your own like bye <laughs> yes, good luck good luck good luck and normal you know <laughs> yes yes it's hard it's so hard and so I'm grateful that it's something that I feel like people have been talking about a lot more the last couple of years right um because it's just it's so important to take to take care of yourself um one thing that I always kind of get a little bit stuck on is some things I think we consider to be self-care. I'm doing air quotes when really they're just things that are necessary to take care of ourselves. Like, like taking a shower, like that is, I mean, that should just be something that you're doing anyway. I don't know. I don't know if you have any, any opinions on this, but kind of like what things are considered self-care and what things do we just need to remember are necessary as to take care of ourselves as a human. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. So so with that, it's funny. So you're exactly right. So some things that we consider self-care 
are actually necessary. Um, but the thing is, they actually become self-care in the postpartum period because they are the things that we actually neglect. And so though it's the normal everyday things, everyone gets up and they shower. Everyone gets up and they, you know, they go back to sleep. But in our postpartum period, we don't always do that. Like I remember mm-hmm. one time where I don't know. I feel like I was up longer than I've ever been on call. I was like, this is not normal. You know, it was when he was just cluster feeding and I was up all the time. And so in that moment, self-care was getting some sleep. Self-care was handing that baby off to my mom, who thankfully, you know, was able to come, handing the baby off Mm -hmm. to my husband and getting some time for me. Self-care is showering, you know? Yeah. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like that, but it is because during that time, the basic necessities we just take away from ourselves because the baby comes first. But I tell people that if you are not at your best, then you are not doing your best for your baby. And so, you know, I know this is a time where we're like, baby, 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 but you have to think mom, 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 you know, you have to make sure that you're eating, that you're sleeping all, especially if Mm -hmm. you're nursing that adds on an entire other layer of stress. And so, yeah, Um, again, I think it comes to the same thing. You're not trying to do it yourself. You're asking for help. You're, you're putting those people in place. And I tell people it doesn't have to be, um, family, right? It doesn't have to be family. Some people, you know, they have people from their church. They have, we have great neighbors who stepped in for us, which was amazing. You know, you can hire help, whatever you need to do to reduce the stress during that time. But honestly, for me, self-care, self-care was showering sometimes. Self-care was being able to get those 15 <laughs> minutes where I could just yeah. relax. It also helped my milk production too with a warm shower. And so uh-huh. that for me was, was self-care. To me, any time you can take to yourself. And sometimes it's good just to even get outside. Mm-hmm. There were days where I did not even leave my house. And I remember one day I left and I just walked outside for a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. Just to feel sunshine, just to be outside. Um, You don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. strenuous, you know, depending on if you've had a vaginal delivery or cesarean, you're going to have to take time as far as exercise. So I'm not even talking exercise. I'm just talking, go outside and feel the sun and take a deep breath and just take it in. And I think it's so easy to focus on the negative during this time. Like I'm not making milk. Oh, the baby's not sleeping, but when you really just think about like the process of childbirth and having a baby and bringing it home, it's such a beautiful thing. And I had to really get myself to focus on that. Like, this is beautiful. I have a healthy baby here. And I had to really focus on just really being positive. And that was self-care for me Uh because I just kept feeding into, you know, I'm not doing this right. I'm not getting it right. He's not feeding. I'm not making enough milk. And when you do that enough, you'll go into this spiral, you know, Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you have, you know, postpartum blues, postpartum depression, also very common. Yeah. So glad that we're actually talking about it more. I had it with all mm-hmm. three of my children. I'm very open to my patients oh. about it. So they're open to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all of those things are just so incredibly important. And so, you know, I tell people also stay away from things that like trigger you. So, you know, I couldn't like watch the news during that time. I just didn't want to hear anything Mm -hmm. bad. You know, I couldn't be on social media, you know, I took a month off and it was so refreshing. And so, you know, you don't want things that trigger you. You don't want to be scrolling and something that makes you unhappy. This, this is your time for you and bonding for your baby and time for you to, you know, 
get back together. You've, you've just had a, a lot going on. Some people haven't had, some people have had like maybe a traumatic birth. And so mm-hmm. you want to take the proper time you need to heal, especially when you have other kids in the house. So you can be present for yourself, number one, and also be present yeah. for the other people that are in your house. Yes. I love that. And I loved how you talked about staying away from those things that trigger you, because I don't think I considered that self-care until I, well, we have a sister who always takes off of social media after she has a baby. Um, She's had, she's had five kids and every time she has a baby, she just kind of, just kind of takes a break. And so I tried that this time and, you know, logged off for a couple of weeks and I could not even believe the difference that it made in my mental health during that postpartum time. Cause you're, you're seeing all these moms who seem to be just thriving in that postpartum time on social media. And I am the same as you. I struggled with my mental health after each baby and it helped me so much this time to kind of have the mindset and to go in differently. think, okay, this time I'm going to take care of my mental health. And that's right. something that I prioritized. And I didn't realize, I mean, just the getting outside, just, I mean, spending a few minutes alone anywhere at any time of day, right. like those, those small things really do add up. I think you're totally right. I think it might not be considered self-care as a regular everyday person, but when you're postpartum, finding that time, whether it's so small or even if it's a shower or just like a meal, a full balanced meal, (laughs) those things are so important. Yes. They make such a huge difference. So I'm so glad you touched on that and how, you know, it's so important to prioritize even those small things that we don't, that we don't necessarily consider self-care usually. Um, They can make such a huge difference. Right. Um, Okay. You mentioned you had your mom and your husband and just like a good support system, which I think is so, so important. Um, for my second baby, we actually, it was, she was during COVID wow. and um, we had just moved into a new house. So I didn't know my neighbors. I didn't have a community mm. within my church or anything yet because no one was meeting together. I didn't have family. We live out of state mm. and it was so hard. Mm. Oh, sorry. You're going to cry. <laughs> Anyways. My question for you is, how how do you counsel your patients on asking for help and accepting help? Because I think Mm. accepting help is almost harder than Mm. asking, especially if you are on your second or third baby. Because like you Mm. said, you, you kind of have this mindset, or I think moms often have the mindset of, I've done this before. I should totally be able to do this. Um, And so accepting that help is so hard. What do you tell your patients? How do you help them in realizing that they need help and accepting that help or asking for it? Sorry, I cried. (laughs) So that's a really great question, especially because, so like you mentioned, um, during um, this, really during all my pregnancies, I had my mom present, I had my husband present. And still with that, I still did not ask for help. So even with this third baby that I had, um, I remember probably, probably was like two weeks that he had been home and, um, I hadn't slept. I was nursing 24 seven. Um, I was so irritable, just so frustrated and, um, I just would not hand the baby off. And my (laughs) husband was like, why won't you let us help you? 
why? And I had to sit there and I was like, why? And in my mind, I think it was just like, like you, like you said, I have done this before. It's my third baby. I'm like, I'm a doctor for goodness. Like I know what to do. (laughs) Right. Like what, what is wrong with me? And I realized I had to let go of control. I think it's for me, especially, I just feel like I had to have all this control over Mm -hmm. every single thing that happened. And honestly, when I let that go, it got, and that was probably the first night I had gotten a good nights of rest because I was like, I'm going to hand you the baby and I'm actually going to go to sleep. But before then I was like, I'm just going to do it. I can do it. Just give me my lactation yeah. cookies. Give me this. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay awake. <laughs> I can do and yeah. I, it, so I guess my point with that is I had people in the house with me and still did not ask for help. And I definitely empathize with you when you say that you delivered during hope. Cause during that time, like, ugh, God, it was just so painful for my patients because they had to do a lot oh. of things alone, right? And postpartum, mm-hmm. this is not the time where you want to be alone. It's not the time where you should be alone. And so I I totally understand with what you're saying because my patients would come in and tell me that some of them had to deliver alone, which was just terrible. Oh and so, so, uh, so, you know, you could have people right there in front of you and still not accept the help. And so I think the first thing is, recognizing that we all need help. And the biggest thing I want to say is that when you're asking for help, it, may, it almost makes you feel weak, right? But you're not weak. To me, it makes you uh-huh. even stronger that you're asking for help because you're recognizing the need for, you know, further support and further assistance. And, you know, when we say it takes a village, we truly mean it, right? It does take a village. Yeah. You're not supposed to do this by yourself. You're, you're really not. Um, And so, you know, I don't feel bad when I have to wake my husband up or, you know, we take turns, you know, or when Mm -hmm. I hand the baby off to my mom for a little bit or whoever, you know, sometimes my sisters would come. And I know you have a lot of sisters too. And so (laughs) we're, we're all mothers and so we all get it. And so, you know, we all help each other. But I think the biggest thing is you have to ask for it. Don't, don't try to be superwoman. You don't get a trophy or cookie for doing any of that. You know, you've already done one of the hardest things that you can ever do, which is give birth. And so you just need to recognize the fact that you need to rest. You need to take in all of this and it is okay to pass that burden off to somebody else. Because when you're carrying mm-hmm. all of that burden, you are you are just making this postpartum time so much harder than it needs to be. And it's hard enough in and of itself. And the, t- the time you have with your newborn, it passes so quickly that you don't want it mm-hmm. to be shrouded and like, depression and sadness because you were just trying to do everything. Um, And so you really just have to, you almost have to be selfish and, you know, and we always say self-care is not selfish. You have to put yourself first. It's that, that's really what it comes down to. You have to put yourself first, elicit the help of, of, of your community that's around you. It may be a small one. It may be a big one. It may just be one other person, but, you know, and during COVID for a lot of people, that's all they had, you know, mm-hmm. let that person help um, because you are so important to to yourself and to your baby. And so um, that that's the hardest part. I would, I will admit that's the hardest part for me, even with the third one, I still did it. I had mm-hmm. help all around me and I did not want it. Um, and until yeah. it was just thrown in my face and I finally said, okay, okay. You're absolutely right. And when I let go of that control, it was like, oh, okay. 
this didn't have to be so hard. We just make it hard on ourselves, yeah. I think, sometimes. We totally you know? do. No, we totally do. And I think it's the same, like you were talking before, we get in that cycle of like, I'm so tired. It's the baby is always so hungry. Like those types of things, you know, you kind of get in that mindset and you start spiraling. And when you're in there, it's so hard to say, let me ask for help because you, it's so like, it's as a mom, the pressure is so heavy on you a lot of the time. And so it's really hard to give that burden to someone else because it feels so heavy that you don't want to inconvenience someone. You don't want to have to feel like you have to pass it off or that you can't do it yourself. And and I love that. Okay. So we have a lot of moms listening. We have moms of all in all different stages. Um, and I know a lot of them probably know someone who is expecting, whether it's their first baby or their third baby or whatever. I know I myself, I think I have four friends right now <laughs> like that are pregnant. And so <laughs> I've been trying to think a lot. I had so many people this time around with my third baby um, helping me and without asking. And oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was hard. It was hard to accept at first. And then it was, it was just, it made such a huge difference on, on everything and my mental health and to know, I mean, even just a text of, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on? Um, so what would you say to those moms who are listening, who might know someone who's going to have a baby? Maybe they haven't had one themselves for a few years and they're kind of out of, you know, like we talked about before, you kind of block out <laughs> the space of life when you're out of it. Um, <laughs> what would you say yeah, to them? Yeah. Like, how can how can we as moms help other moms going through this postpartum phase of life right now? Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. So like you said, we... We so easily forget. I tell people that's why I have my babies like every three years. Because once they hit like two, I'm like, oh, my God, that wasn't that bad. And then I'm like, let's do this again. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. I think I think we really have to think about like our own experiences and um, recognizing the fact that we need help and ask yourself, how can I be there for my friend during this time, especially when it's your first time? But honestly, it doesn't matter because like mm-hmm. I said, my third time, I still needed a lot of help. Um, yeah. And like you said, you had, you know, your friends to help you during this time around, which I think is amazing. But I would say don't offer just like general, like, let me know if you need me or I'll be here if you need me, like actually mm-hmm. help with specific tasks, you know? So what are you going to do? Somebody came over and she was like, I'm going to come and I'm going to grab the baby for two hours and I want you to nap. You know, she loves cuddling the baby. She doesn't have kids herself, <laughs> but she just loves it. And she did that. And that to cool. me was wonderful because usually I'm like, no, you don't have to. She's like, I'm basically, I'm almost at your front door. So just let me in. And sometimes, sometimes that's how you have to be. And you don't want to be intrusive, right? Cause you want to give the new mom like her time, but I'm telling you, yeah. we, sometimes we refuse help and we actually want it. 
you know, you can mm-hmm. actually bring groceries by. Just tell them, hey, what do you need? I'm going to bring groceries by. You know, I'm going to come over and do a, a load of laundry for you. I'm going to come over and do this. Like, I, it doesn't need to be generalized. Oh, girl, let me know how I can help you. No, I'm yeah. going to help you do this. Let me know, you know, what day is good. And if you're, yeah. you know, if you have a friend like me, you might just need to show up. I had people show up on my door because I kind of go dark after my baby. So you, you have to like mm-hmm. show up and kind of force your way in. But um, yeah. I think actually specifically helping with things that they're going to need. If you think back to what did I need during this time? You know, it's more than just skipping the diapers and the wife's things for the baby. What did I need? What did I need? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's just somebody to to be a friend, you know, one of my friends, I was having issues with breastfeeding and I just, I just cried with her and that's what I needed. I just needed to cry with somebody. Yeah. And so you just, how can you be there for them? How did you want somebody to show up for you? That's how you need to show up for them. Yeah. I love that. I, I think one of the, the most impactful, like kind things that someone did for me I, so after you have the baby, right, the first couple of weeks, I mean, I live in a really great community. They set up like a little meal train. I had people bringing in meals and it was awesome. And then after about two weeks, and I think this happens to a lot of moms, it's kind of, it's over the people checking in the the phone calls, the, the meals, all the things while that is so helpful during those two weeks kind of dies out, which is fine and totally normal. I mean, we don't expect people to be waiting on us hand and foot for so long, but I think I was about one month postpartum and my neighbor came over and she was like, Hey, I forgot. Um, I I'm making you dinner tonight. I'll bring it over tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was like a month after. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Cause it's once you get past that was like, mm-hmm. I mean, the baby sleeps so much in the beginning you have all this help and then it's like a month after and the baby's finally awake. (laughs) You know, that's when all of the, the breastfeeding really gets hard and the, you know, all of those things are really starting to settle. You're just at the peak of exhaustion. And that's when she came over with food and she brought like Mm. toys for my older kids and Oh my gosh, the hero she was. I just, when she came over, I just burst into tears. Oh. I probably seemed crazy, but I just was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, oh my gosh, why? I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know how long these postpartum hormones last, but I'm going to chalk it up to that. But anyways, <laughs> it just, it's so helpful. And I think sometimes too, like just, just having people still checking in. And I, I love what you said, because I'm the kind of person who, if someone would would say, hey, whatever you need, you just let me know. Like, I would never ask that person. I'm not going to let you. All right. I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> no, I'm not like, I'm not going to text you and say, hey, actually, you know, like, no. And so I love, I love the, the idea. And that's something I think I need to be better at as, as a neighbor and a friend is just, just showing up and just, and just doing those things. Cause I know exactly what I would need and want. And, and I just, I need to be better at that. So thank you for saying that. I think that was a, a really great something to remember and to remind all. If you know someone who's having a baby, like just think of what your experience was. What would you have right. wanted? Right. So I love that. Okay. You mentioned, and, and we don't have to really get into it, but I know we both struggled postpartum with our mental health and yeah. with, you know, it's, it's so hard. There are so many hormones it's just hard. And it's not something I feel like I heard a lot of people talking about until I was there. And then I had to seek out 
okay, is this a normal feeling? Is this is this okay? Or my husband would sit me down and say, okay, I think we need to, I think we need to find a little bit more help than what he could offer or what I was finding on my own. Um, So what are some outside sources for postpartum moms to truly find help? And who do you feel like is the best person to turn to if they feel like self-care and those things aren't working to pull Mm. them out of those baby blues or out of that, you know, that postpartum fog, what, what do we do next? Hmm. So that's a great question. And, um, what I like to tell my patients, my friends, whoever, you know, it's very, very common to feel what we call are the postpartum blues. Very common, um, usually happens right after delivery, you know, might last for a couple weeks. Okay. So, you know, when I tell my patients that they probably need to go ahead and contact me is when it's persisting past that, right? Um, When the hormones start to settle down, but you're still feeling sad, you're still having these feelings of inadequacy. You have the support, but it still feels, you know, it just feels like nothing is going right. And it's just, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. You cannot be afraid to ask for help. I think People think that we're going to be like, oh my God, she's crazy. She's this. And that's why I'm so open about my personal struggles with my patients, because I do not want them Mm -hmm. to feel bad. I also want them to know how common it is. And I can just tell it's getting better because over the years, patients will just come and tell me, they're like, I just, I feel depressed. Like I, and I, I love that because then it allows me to help them, but we can't help if we don't know. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is acknowledging it like, hmm, this is lasting a little bit longer than I thought it would. We're in week four, week six, and I am not getting any better. I need to talk to someone. So, you know, you can bring it up to your midwife, bring it up to your OBGYN, let them know, you know, because there are things that we can put in place. There's people that we can refer you to. Therapy is so um, important just to have someone to talk about um, your Mm -hmm. feelings and everything that's going on postpartum. Um, And so, I think just being honest about it, postpartum depression is very common. Postpartum blues are even more common. Um, And so you, again, you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't want to sit home and just fester in those thoughts and fester in those feelings. You, you, you Mm -hmm. really need to let somebody know Um, feelings of self-doubt are so common, especially when you're a first time mom, you know, am I doing this right? Did I mess this up? You just feel like everything's wrong. Dishes are piling up. The laundry's this, it it starts to perpetuate, right? You just start looking at everything that Uh is, that is going wrong. Um, Mm-hmm. And so I would say the first step, you know, of course you can talk to your family and all of that, you know, especially friends who have gone through it before they can be a source of help, but I would say definitely let your healthcare provider know so they can make sure that you are doing okay during this period. I also tell people that there are a lot of resources depending on where you live. Like I'm in Georgia, Georgia has mm-hmm. a ton of resources for, for postpartum moms and a lot of them are untapped. People don't know, like even things like a postpartum care nurse, you know, where you can get somebody who can come during the evening to help you. Like there's actually like grants for that because it can be very expensive. Like some people can't afford it, but some people can't. And whether you can afford it or not, you probably still need it. And so I would tell people like, actually look at the resources you're 
you know, your community has. I know we have a lot just because, you know, our, our maternal um, death rate is pretty high in Georgia. And so we ha- they have really done a good job about putting resources in place to help moms, especially in the postpartum period, which, you know, I share mm-hmm. with my patients. But I'm telling you, no matter what state you're in, there are those same resources. So look up those resources, look up those grants that can help you, you know, that can get you a lactation specialist that can come to your house and help you with breastfeeding. Cause you might not want to leave the house or you might not be able to afford the sessions that come outside of the free ones in the hospital. And so those are all, they seem like little things, but all of those little things really help during this period. But I think the first thing is recognizing that you're dealing with it, asking for help so that we can actually direct you to those proper resources. I love that. And I think recognizing it sometimes is, is so difficult because again, it's, I, I can do this or I've had Mm -hmm. other babies or, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm the mom, I should be able to, to get over this, you know, and it's so hard. It's so hard to ask for help. Um, like you mentioned before, I think something that really helped me this time around was was not only preparing for the baby to come, but preparing for myself and preparing in case those feelings happened again. And so yeah. talking to my doctor beforehand of, okay, this is my this is my history, this is what's happened in the past, setting up a plan with my husband and and other, you know, people around me, like, okay, this is what happens when I have a baby. I'm 100% expecting it to happen again, you know, right. those types of things. Right. And having right. kind of like a, a game plan, no matter what direction it goes, every postpartum is so different. And so different. to just be prepared for anything um, and kind of recognize, okay, I'm, I'm feeling those feelings again, or, or this doesn't feel normal and feeling like you have a person you can talk to, like you are amazing for being the kind of doctor that is so open for that. Cause I have had doctors that are not. And so to have um, someone, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I keep crying. <laughs> I think it's so fresh on my mind, but right. just having like a resource like that. Right. right. So amazing. Right. And I get it. Oh, I get yeah. it. I, I still feel like I'm in that postpartum period, even though my baby's <laughs> one, but I'm like, I'm still there. I'm still no, there. Until they're five, we have this excuse, right? <laughs> Yes, until they're walking themselves to school, we're fine. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. And this is great. Well, I'm, I'm was... really happy we're having this conversation. I really am. I think it's so needed. I am too. And I know that there are some moms listening who are in the thick of it or about to have a baby, or like we said, know someone who's about to have a baby and it's just it's just nice to hear other people that can relate to those same things and to have conversations like this because it's so it's so hard and it feel you feel so lonely during that time. So right, right. for anyone listening, you're not alone. We've been there. Yes, <laughs> so we, we have been um, there. Yes. And there are resources and there there is help. Um, but as hard as it may sound, prioritizing yourself is is something that is so important. You cannot fill other cups with an empty pitcher. And so it's hard, but you're doing amazing. All of, all of you moms listening and we just, we're, we're cheering you on and we are in your corner. Um, and you totally got this, just take a little nap and a shower and, and you'll, you'll feel better. (laughs) Yes. Well, it was so fun having you on. Thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day to talk to me about something I feel like is so important. 
Of course. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. And for those of you listening, if you want to come and continue this conversation with us, you can come and find us over on Instagram at Table Talk for Moms. We're actually going to be talking about postpartum care, I think, for most of this week. So come find us over there and we will keep talking about this and we can answer any questions you might have. Um, We're so thankful for Dr. Sparks for, for coming on the show and we will see you guys next week. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.